1: Talk, and everlasting work And dedicate them all to me And I will give you all my life I'm here if you should call to me You think that I don't even mean A single I say Words are all ahead to take your heart away. What?
2: What is the... I, I want to ask Art this question when he calls back next week or whenever. What is that what is the distinguishing thing that's supposed to separate the real one from the false ones, or as Christ said, by their fruits ye shall know them? What would make uh, art, uh, if I and he had a competition, uh, which one of us, what, what would cause the real one to emerge and people to know for sure that that was the, the real one as opposed to somebody else? Because that. Re-
3: Pondering and my quandary. But it sounds pretty, pretty darn accurate to me. Maybe I should be baptized by your ordained person. Brought Matt out of the water, and his face was just glowing, and everybody was just had a big. All, their eyes were just shiny, and their big smiles on their face. Yeah, and it was just you could just feel the spirit there. And, I, you know, me and Matt, uh, you know, we had a uh, hug there for a minute. And it was just a, a glorious feeling. They invited us to come back. We wanted to uh, swim in their pool or whatever. They said, come on back. And they said that was the first baptism that they know of that in the ten years that it's been there. That was the first baptism that was ever performed. So that made us feel really good. And later on that uh, afternoon, about an hour later, uh, I confirmed Matt and ordained him an apostle, and the Spirit just came upon him. Just came upon him. So I know, I know this work is true. I know what Bull is the one
0: Revelations of Jesus Christ, the only scripture authorized from the God of Israel for almost 2,000 years, revealed to an apostle anciently. This prophet was caught up to see and hear unspeakable things in the presence of ineffable minds as Paul, an eyewitness indemnable that there is a God. A bound copy can be had at artbalacom forward slash revelations.html. Or download for free at artballo.com forward slash science forward slash order dot html. You may also be contacted at 619 512 2840. For further information, we invite callers to call in at 718 664 9754. We also encourage you to read the revelations of Jesus Christ on your smartphone or tablet as well as the lectures on True Doctrine on your smartphone or tablet. This can be done by going to the Amazon... Okay, the link for that download is uh, amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Art one word, A-R-T-U-L-L-A. And welcome to the program. This is Art Bola again, speaking to you live from uh, somewhere on the Sea of Cortez in the Baja Peninsula in Mexico. Uh, because I was driven out uh, by persecution in, in uh, Utah, because I threatened their hegemony, don't you know? Uh, I'm sure you've uh, discovered uh, that that has happened in uh, times past, uh, many times actually, uh, most notably when Jesus of Nazareth uh, appeared in Jerusalem uh, performing mighty miracles in the sight of the humble, and um, threatening the hegemony there, priestly hegemony, uh, the uh, specifically Pharisees Sadducees. Uh, he did recognize the high priest at Jerusalem. However, he he said to the ten lepers that he healed or ten yeah ten lepers, uh, he instructed them to go and perform the oblation, uh commanded in the uh, book of books written by Moses uh, specifically I think Deuteronomy uh, in which it listed the performances they needed to uh, do uh, upon being healed and he instructed them to do that and he said do not as they say or do not as they do but do as they say for they sit in the judgment seat of Moses so, uh, Jesus recognized uh, the authority of the uh, presidency of their church, which was the high, called, the, his title was actually the high priest, which was uh, directly descended down from Aaron, the old brother of Moses, whom Moses, being priest after the order of Melchizedek, which is a different order than the priesthood of Aaron, uh, that's why it's called the priesthood of Aaron, right? Because they worship the golden calf, and uh, in the wilderness, that's famous from Charlton Heston's uh, <clears throat> portrayal of Moses in uh, the Ten Commandments by Cecil B. DeMille. And uh, so God uh, instituted this lesser priesthood, called the Aaronic priesthood, um, to be a strict schoolmaster, harsh taskmaster, actually, because the law was so uh, Byzantine, I guess is a good word to describe it. I mean, it was just so uh, burdensome, really, to keep all these little nitpicky uh, dietary laws and all these things, but uh, that was to teach them obedience. And uh, because the law of sacrifice was instituted at the time in which a lamb without spot or blemish uh, should be sacrificed every year for the propitiation of the sins of Israel, and of course that pointed the mind, or was supposed to point the mind to the Lamb of God, which would come in the meridian of time, who would offer himself as sac, or the Father would offer him, rather like Abraham did Isaac on the Mount, Mount Moriah. On which the temple is built, was built, Temple of Solomon and Herod, and um, point the mind forward to that event. So it was a schoolmaster priesthood to prepare them for the restoration of the Melchizedek priesthood, which Moses desired to give. All, actually, God commanded Moses uh, in these things, but uh, Moses and God desired that all of Israel to be ordained priests after the year of Melchizedek so that they should become a nation of kings and priests under the most high God but they they worshipped this golden calf deal and they lost that privilege and God withdrew the person from out of their midst except for Moses and of course he took Moses too but uh, eventually but uh, Aaron became the first high priest then you it goes down a regular line of succession. I used to have a book on succession. Uh, at, the succession. And during time of the prophet Samuel, in the book of Kings, Samuel was 12 years old, and this audible voice spoke to him and said, Samuel, Samuel. And <laughs> he's 12 years old, you know. <laughs> and he doesn't pay any attention to the voice at first. I think it has to repeat, uh, like, it's a, it says... Samuel said like three times. He finally asked, or stood still and listened, and the voice told him to go to the high priest whose name was Eli. Samuel being dedicated by his mother uh, as a Nazarite. Samson was a Nazarite. That means you don't cut your hair. Uh, you don't allow a razor to touch your head. That's part of the Nazarite vow. And uh, Samuel was Azarite, he was also of the tribe of Ephraim, and um, so he'd been in the service of God in the temple there um, he was commanded by this voice to go to Eli the high priest and tell him that because his sons were committing fornication in the steps of the temple with women occasionally that the priesthood was going to be removed from Uh, Eli's line and it would be uh, given to another uh, direct descendant of Aaron it has to be a direct descendant of Aaron this high priest uh, lineage Uh, but it would be uh, shifted over to a different uh, line and so then it comes all the way down uh, to the time of Christ and you have this direct descendant of Aaron sitting in the uh, judgment seat of Aaron Now, Aaron Aaron possessed the Urim and Thummim. If you don't know what that means, that's, uh, I don't blame you, Uh, I I don't condemn you at all for that. Those are two Hebrew words, Urim and Thummim. That's in uh, Nehemiah, Ezra, and uh, the book of Deuteronomy, I believe. Uh, It's in there too, one of the first five books. And uh, it says, Concerning the Urim in Nehemiah and Ezra, who were prophets at the time of the Babylonian captivity, uh, it says in there that some of these um, direct descendants of Aaron had lost, or lo- these Levites who, who held the priesthood of Aaron uh, had lost their genealogy. Well, in Babylon for eight years, they, they lost their genealogy. It says in Ezra and Nehemiah that until a priest stands up to Urim and with Thummim, that's uh, the high priest, because that's what Aaron had, and Joseph Smith had the Urim and Thummim too. Now this is what's so marvelous, is in the the stone box that the gold plates were discovered in Palmyra, New York, there was the Urim and Thummim. And uh, it, it was mounted on a breastplate and it was two curved bows that that held glass-like orbs, spheres in the bows. And if you put the breastplate on, you could actually look through the uh, uh, orbs like spectacles. And Joseph used the urim and thummim to help him translate the Book of Mormon from the gold plates. Now, I know that all this sounds fantastical. It sounds mythological whatever, but I testify to you that all of this is true. All of it. Every single bit of it's true. Or I wouldn't be here uh propounding it. So uh I uh so when Jesus came, he he was a priest after the order of Melchizedek see. And Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh the Old Testament prophets; they were priests after the order of Melchizedek too. Now, what did what did Israel do to these prophets? Which I started off the program tonight. They killed them. They killed them. They stoned them. And in case of Jesus, they crucified him, because the Roman government would not allow capital punishment uh, to be any longer in the possession of the Sanhedrin. So. Uh, that's why Jesus was brought before Pontius Pilate. Because that was for the capital, uh, because the Jews desired Jesus to be put to death. And if they hadn't been conquered by the Roman Empire at that time, uh, would have stoned him to death. Straight straight with, you know, without any uh, lagging behind or any kind of a delay at all. But because the capital punishment was uh, held supremely by the Romans, uh, he had to be brought before Pontius Pilate, and of course that's famous. And uh, so they crucified him. But the, but the uh, but Israel had stoned all of the prophets. And in fact, Isaiah was sawn in half. He crawled up inside of a log to escape the wrath of the king because it's not a popular thing for you to stand in the court of the king with all the priests behind the king and so forth who and the false prophets that were there uh, telling everybody uh, all is well in Jerusalem uh, Jerusalem is a mighty city and God is, you're the apple of God's eye and you know how people talk uh, that are politicians and they want to pander to the crowd, you know, the mob. Well, Jesus or Isaiah, uh, a prophet is fearless in his uh, pronouncements because he he regards not the person of man, and God does not regard the person of man either. And so the the prophets have spoken impolitic things, you see, and that makes the mob angry, doesn't it? Well, it made it angry with me too because uh, I was in talk, on talk radio and. Uh, Salt Lake, I had a program there for a little while on KZZI, but I used to call in KTAK and I raised the ire of the owner of the station, the uh, various uh, lawyers and doctors of whatever, uh, uh, cultural Mormons uh, who were angry at being told that they needed to repent, and so my life became in jeopardy actually because they were going to put me in a mental institution, you know. Make themselves so enlightened, you know, uh the modern generation, they no longer kill the problem. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Need a cough button. They no longer uh kill the problem. <laughs> Excuse me. they no longer kill the prophets. They uh, put them in Thoracene shuffle, you know, so they shuffle down a hall somewhere. And I knew that. The Spirit told me to flee Mexico, and it told me this for like six months. I mean, it was just insistent. And so here I am. And uh, God has opened up the way for me. Uh, He's uh I understand now I own this plot of land that I've been living on for the last eighteen years and it's a prime piece of real estate overlooking the uh, uh Sea of Cortez or the uh Gulf of California it's called in uh English. The Mexicans call it the Sea of Cortez. Uh but uh so here I am and it's just like Jesus said, uh take no you know uh God observed the lilies of the valley. They toil not, neither do they spin, yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as one of these. And if God gives regard to the uh, sparrow that falls from the sky, because the Holy Ghost takes notice of all these things, he will surely take care of you. And I've, I've uh, lived that to promise and found it to be true, because I came down here blind. I mean, it's totally, I mean, I had a flatbed trailer, and a Kirkham's tent. I'd lived in uh, the Rocky Mountain for 13 years as uh, a mountain man, I guess you'd call, call me, uh, up there with my horse and two dogs and uh, received revelations uh, two or three a week at that time. And um, But then I was commanded to leave Utah because they had uh, corrupted themselves and they, they have subverted the holy order of God uh, by giving the uh, black race of Cain the uh, priesthood. Now, Brigham Young said, uh, suppose we summons the first presidency, the twelve, the bishopric, all the elders of Israel. Suppose we summon them and appear, to appear here, and here declare it right to mingle our seed with the black race of Cain. The minute, day, the very day and hour we should do so, the priesthood is taken from this church and kingdom, and God leaves us to our fate." Well, that happened. And the Lord came to me uh, and said, are you ready to do what you were foreordained to do? Because I'd had a vision in 1969, which I was caught up and beheld him uh, face to face and spoke with him in an unknown language, which I cannot reproduce now. But I saw more glory and power and might that's able to move this earth out of its orbit, if it wants to. I mean, it's just incredible. You cannot... There's no words that can express what I saw and heard. But uh, so the Lord came to me and said, "Are you ready to do what you?" Because I knew that God had a hand. He brought me into the Mormon Church. I mean, uh, you know, after my first vision, I was given a copy of the Book of Mormon to read by my wife, who brought it home from work from a associate there at uh, Fox Studios in uh, San Antonio where she was working, and she brought this book Norman home to our apartment. I was in the Army at the time at Fort Sam Houston, Texas, there in San Antonio. And uh, <clears throat> she brought it home, and I, I uh, had never read it before, and I said, oh, better. I was exceedingly curious. You know, let me, uh, let me read this thing, because I've ha- had this vision and everything, and I uh, trusted my uh, discernment on things, uh, reasonably so. So I opened up to read it, and I I read the very first paragraph, and the same power that took me out of my body, or whether in the body or out of it, I cannot tell, still can, uh, fell on me again in great power and said that the book was true. And so I jumped up from the table, uh, knocking over the chair, I recall, uh, at the kitchen table there, or the living room table, ran into the bedroom and told Kat, I've found it, I've found it, this is it, that's what I told her, I swear to you this is all true, I'm not exaggerating, I'm not, uh, you know, using any hyperbole or anything like that, I'm telling you exactly what happened. And uh, I read the Book of Mormon in like three days. I mean, I just devoured it. And um, the elders, they can't, you know, you had to be taught these discussions, right? They had a series of seven discussions in those days Elder Huffaker and Elder Bennett. And they taught me, taught up the discussions, and they considered me a golden contact. That's what Elder Huffaker called me because I was so, uh, you know, I astounded them with things that I said. Uh, but uh, so I was delivered from uh, smoking cigarettes. I was smoking three packs a day at the time, and was totally removed from all desire to smoke uh, at, at a propitious moment, at which my wife said, uh, well, you've been looking for reason to quit. And that was exactly the right thing to say. And I said, yeah, that's right, I have. And uh, So I just determined to live the word of wisdom. And as soon as I did, all desire to smoke was removed completely. And I haven't had a cigarette since. That was in 1971. So uh, my wife and I were baptized. And the I was ordained a priest in, in the ironic priesthood, and I was so overjoyed at what I'd found because uh, I went to bed left wing, and I woke up right wing. I was a completely born-again new creature, what Jimmy Carter and all these people talk about, but have, cannot experience because they you need to protect of the ordinances for this to happen. But I was a new creature, and I felt just exactly like a, a child feels the next day. Invulnerable and uh, clean, uh, clean, totally clean, and, but still kind of vulnerable. And uh, I had to wrestle uh, as to whether to say thing to my fellow so- soldiers because we were in a class being taught at the medical field service school there in basic medical lab procedures. So uh, I had this wrestle, you know, well, you know, but I did. I opened my mouth to talk to them, and the Holy Ghost filled my mouth up. And they were standing, about five soldiers in front of me, and uh, they were listening to me. Uh, and I was fervently trying to save their souls. I'm telling you, that is was the greatest... The greatest desire in my heart was to save their souls. And uh, I was determined to use all the eloquence at my command. I'm not a dumb person. I've had my IQ measured. It's uh, measured on a genius level, but who cares about that? You could be a genius and uh, you still need a dollar and a half by a cup of coffee. It you know? <laughs> doesn't matter. In fact, you're worse off if you're a genius. I mean, you're, you're misunderstood all the time. Uh, you can't. You're, you feel like you're in a nutshell half the time. You know, bound up because you can't communicate with people around you. You know, uh, I'm sure. I, I'm not. I'm not boasting about it. I, I look at it as a, as a, uh, impediment, really. You know, because you need to. Be, uh not to threat anybody, you know, when you're talking about the gospel. So uh, I uh, was speaking to these people, earnestly convincing them of the truth, as I'm doing now, really. And uh, this six-foot-four green brace snuck up behind me uh, to play a prank on me while my back was turned to him. An angel physically removed him off the floor and and set him like a sack of potatoes or whatever on the, ground, on the floor there. And he cried out aloud when that happened. And I turned around hearing that noise and I saw him with his hands up over his face and his mouth wide open. I just turned right around and, and continued preaching, you know, because that was the earnest thing that... That I was involved in. So uh, here I am, folks, and I have the keys of the kingdom of God now because God uh, revealed to me the Mormon Church was true. Okay, Brigham Young, Joseph Smith had set the Mormon Church up on a foundation, but it's been rocked and moved off the foundation by the winds of change. I have actually a graphic of that uh, on this. Plays in the slideshow on this program of uh, uh, the podcast and uh, that i made I made that graphic but uh <clears throat> so when they when they uh, presumed because there's no written revelation on the matter from the God of israel now when when God communicates to me he he commands me to write the revelations and I write them i've written. I don't know how many, Jimmy. You, you, you know how many I've written. I've written a whole bunch of, hundreds of them.
3: And, uh, yes, you have. there's there's hundreds of them, yes.
0: Yeah. And uh, the the two of them are compiled to two volumes that you can download for free at uh, artbolla.com forward slash Zion, Z-I-O-N, forward slash order.html. They're absolutely free. There's no charge at all. But uh, line of authority also, but uh, but I was ordained an apostle in quite a remarkable manner. I mean, just that was miraculous too. So the hand of the Lord has been upon me all my life, all my adult life, and really uh, before birth, uh, the car that my mother was riding in uh, the day before I was born tumbled down a mountainside in Randolph County. Carolina, and the there were eight people in the car, according to what she told me, uh, and she was the only one who not flung out of the car as it tumbled down. My father was driving, and it was rainy, and it's a tar road. You know, it used to be you had these tar roads everywhere in those days, and uh, it, it was real slippery, and it, he just, you know, slid off the mountain over the edge and went tumbling down. My grandmother was pinned under the car and died uh, instantly. I hope, uh, and I was born the next day. And the devil's been after me ever since, uh, with accidents, all kinds of problems with uh, my cars. My car would catch on fire, stuff like that. You know, all the time, all the time. And uh, so, uh. I'm different. I don't know. You know, you people have the luxury of just leading ordinary lives. You know, you can enjoy your family. You can, you can uh, enjoy your possessions, but not me. I've been driven from pillar to post. I've been hunted. It's just been uh, a very, very. anguish time at many times because I don't know how my salvation was going to be worked out but the, but God always delivered me. And so here I am uh, broadcasting to you the everlasting gospel. This is the only true gospel. There is no other that's true. You have uh, false ministers out there with their frocks and their collars, you know, the white collars and they're false. They they pretend to uh, preach the gospel, but it's their opinion mingled with Scripture, which they call the gospel. And that opinion is not revelation. Uh, Joseph Smith said, all men are liars who claim to have the true church without the revelations of Jesus Christ and the uh, priesthood of Melchizedek. Well, I have both. And I'm the only person alive that has both of those. I have the apostleship and... um, I was ordained uh, to the office of an apostle. And when when Jesus came to me and said, are you ready to do what you're ordained to do? And I said, here am I. He showed me how to write revelations. I had no desire to write anything. I was patiently in the Mormon church. They just they just uh, decided, Kimball did, uh, President Kimball, to confer the priesthood upon the Africans. Uh, about three months before that, uh, John Singer was killed uh, in Summit County for taking his children out of school because he would not have his uh, daughter subject to that nonsense. Uh, So they killed him. They shot him in the back in his own front yard. That that is a fact. Of course, they say, well, he was uh, pointing a pistol at them, but it was unloaded. Uh, but he went out to get his mail at the mailbox uh, there in Summit County. And they surrounded him with snowmobiles. And the sheriff's deputies. did. And uh, he, he pulled his pistol out and waved it at him. And that was, of course, a major mistake uh, because they shot him. At, I, I was told it was in the back uh, with a shotgun. And they put him in the back of a pickup truck. While he was still alive, and he bled to death on, on the slow trek down the mountain. And he uh, had world's news or organizations from Germany, uh, everywhere, Japan, uh, reporting on John Singer. Now he's not even mentioned at all. I mean, you don't even know who he is, but that time is a really big deal. And then the Lord came to me and said, "Are you ready to do what you're ordained to do?" And I said, hey, "Here am mine." As I related, uh, He gave me two written revelations, commanded me to take them to the lowest rung of the priesthood ladder. Okay, the power line, the uh, line of authority, which was called uh, in those days, still is uh, home teachers. Uh, home, each home teacher is assigned five families that he is uh, tasked with visiting each month uh, to, you know, shepherd them and help them with any problems they may be having to report back to the bishop and all, and, and so forth. Well, uh, the Lord recognized that line of authority, just as Jesus recognized the uh, authority of the uh, priests who were offering the doves as sacrifice, so Jesus instructed lepers that he healed to go to the and offer that sacrifice commanded in the law of Moses, right? Because the law of Moses was still in fact at that time. And Jesus observed it. Well, God recognized this, priesthood also this line of authority, and I was commanded to uh, take these revelations to my home teacher and show them to him so i uh, had written them out in handwriting because i didn't have a, t- a typewriter at the time electric typewriter we we were in married student housing at the university of utah there uh, i was studying mechanical engineering and uh, we had a student ward a, a stake uh uh student stake and uh had been appointed to be the instructor for the elders quorum. I used to be an elders quorum president back in Fayetteville, but being a 70 apostle, 70 apostle, uh, I was the only 70 in the whole state. <laughs> there wasn't any other 70s at that time in, in the stake. Uh, and so they they really didn't know what to do with me in that ward. there. So they had me... Uh, David Checkets, who's now the owner of Madison Square Garden, I understand, uh, David Chekets, uh, uh He uh, was the elders quorum president, and he wanted me to be the instructor for the quorum. So I uh, I prayed and asked what I should uh, speak to them about, and the Lord told me to call them to repentance and tell them that just because they served a mission, and they served uh, faithfully in their missions, and then they abandoned the rigors of their mission, you know, their their faithfulness they, they uh, faithfully uh, adhered to on their missions, they can't give that up. They need to continue in that straight and narrow path. Well, they got really angry at me for saying that, and they... Checkets came to me with his counsel and said, uh, "You're going to have to give your lesson to my counselor here before you give it to the quorum." And I said, "Well, get yourself another boy, you know." And then the corruption of the ward was pretty amazing. I mean, they had the same clique of people that that involved like musical chairs. For the different offices in, in the ward you know one, one six month period you'd have the pri- uh, primary president be the relief society president and then the, you know they, they just kind of kept it in this clique and the, the bishop was a doctor you know <laughs> and they were all comfortable in Zion the, they treated the basketball court there at the ward house as a private country club uh, that they own. you know they were just really kind you know what i'm saying they were they were studying at the University of Utah to be doctors most of them were and the uh president of the stake was uh, a doctor his name was Diesel O. Samuelson and he was the head of the uh, department of medicine at the University of Utah, the School of Medicine, dean of the School of Medicine. Yeah, that's it. So uh, I came in contact with it head on. I'm telling you, uh, I didn't wave my hands and arms. But let me tell you what happened when I took those two written revelations to my home teacher. He tried to kill me. He broke my nose. <laughs> His wife was at home. And she came in the front door in the middle of him, uh, uh, straddled me on the ground on the floor there, uh, attempting to destroy me. And he was screaming that I had fear of the devil over and over again. And then uh, his wife comes in the front door and says, Randy, Randy, what are you doing? And, and then he quit. You know, he, he came to himself and he, he stood up on his feet and he leaned up against the kitchen table and he says, you've run, won a great victory. And I said, what do you mean? Uh, because blood was streaming down my uh, white shirt there and tie and everything. And he says, now you can tell everybody what I did. And I am, I'm telling you. Uh, the, and the Lord, I went home and one of the most marvelous revelations I ever received in my life. And I didn't write it down because I was so uh, kind of trembly and overawed at that experience. And But it, the Lord told me that all of his servants, the prophets, had been treated by Israel in just that manner, by that same spirit that was in Randy Olson, very same spirit, of murder. And that's how the prophets were killed. And that's how Jesus was crucified. Despite what Mr. O'Reilly says about it, you know, <laughs> that he threatened their financial empire. No, that's not what happened. It was spiritual. It's the devil. The spirit of the devil was enraged at uh, the servants of God in all ages of the world. So uh, I leapt and shouted for joy, actually. Um, as as Jesus said to do. He said uh, that when these kind of things happen, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. And I was, because I knew that unless I was not a disturber and an annoyer of the devil's kingdom, I wouldn't have uh, provoked that kind of response. And I hadn't gotten out of line. I had, I did not interrupt any meetings. I didn't, uh, you know, I, I kept my decorum uh, and proper, uh, you know, uh, manners about things. Uh, it's just the fact that I was uh, reading Revelations, you know, receiving Revelations. And then I got down on my knees and asked what authority I had. Because I knew that uh, the Spirit of God can fall on a little child, and they can prophesy. So a, a little child can be a prophet. But but, what about priesthood authority? Well, I didn't know what a 70 was. Nobody knew in the church. And uh, so I, <clears throat> I got down on my knees and uh, prayed and asked what authority I had. Uh, that was the next day when I did that, I believe. And the Spirit came upon me so powerfully that I swear my feet didn't even feel like they were touching the floor. And I was wafted by the Spirit over to the bookshelf on, in my apartment, our apartment, on which shelf was the Discourses of Brigham Young by John Woodside, compilation of the Discourses of Brigham Young. And I was led right to that book in a, in a miraculous manner, and I opened it right exactly to the paragraph I need to read. And it said, The 70s are apostles. They had authority to ordain high priests, set in order the church of God and all the world uh, from first to last. And then the Lord said, Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, whatsoever you lose shall be loosed. Well, that only belongs to one individual on the earth at a time. So that prophecy by Brigham Young that I started out the program with, in which he prophesied if they ever gave the Negro the priesthood, that it would be taken from the church. Well, that happened. Well, where did the priesthood go? It didn't go to Mars or on the other side of Venus or something. Stay on the earth because my feet are still on the ground, aren't they? It's just that the Mormon church doesn't recognize it. So what? Did the Jews recognize Jesus? Did that make him not the Christ? Jesus the Christ? My brother? And my love? I can't even express uh, the love I have for my brother. Because I know who he is. And... Well, Brigham Young said that uh, he said of himself, he said, my love for my brethren, that that means the sons of God, is greater than my love of women." woman. And that, for me, is saying quite a bit. And so uh, here I am, and I'm declaring unto you authoritatively the everlasting gospel, which uh, is prophesied to roll forth. And break in pieces the European and hegemony of the United States, because the United States in Scripture, in Daniel, is the beast that would wrap the saints of the Most High found in Daniel 7. So that is uh, what's going on. And uh, if you you don't like it, you can love it. But I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And... If you reject my message to you, uh, then uh, you'll be held accountable for that, because I'm telling you the truth. And uh, the devil has confused, the uh, through his mists of darkness, the issue of religion. What is the true religion? Joseph Smith wanted to know when he was 13 years old. Uh, because there were all these tent revivals going on in the Burnt Over District in New England, uh, they called it. They call it in history. It's called the Burnt Over District. You can go to Google and look that up. But they were having tent revivals that would last uh, eight days a week. You know, you had the Methodists over here, the Baptists over here, the Presbyterians over there, and so forth. And they were all competing with one another for converts, and uh, they taught different doctrines on baptism. And now Christianity has just abandoned baptism because they—they they, that was a can of worms that they couldn't uh, resolve. But Joseph wanted to know, you know, which church is right. So he was reading in the Book of James, where it says in James one five. Uh, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth all liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Well, he did that. He was 13 years old. He went out into the woods near his father's farm. He knelt down, and he said, as soon as he opened his mouth uh, or began to uh, issue a prayer verbally, he said he'd never done that in his whole life until that moment. He says a uh, um, power bounced tongue where he couldn't speak and it was he said it was more more powerful than any being he'd ever felt before and it uh threatened actually to destroy him, he writes. And he said at the moment greatest alarm this little tiny spark of white light appeared. And it he said it grew brighter and brighter. And then uh George Pratt describes it uh, as so brilliant white light that did not burn the trees, the leaves of the trees. It seemed like the leaves of the trees would even be uh, consumed by it. But within that light were two personages, and one of them called him by name and said, Joseph, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And so Joseph found out for himself his church was right. And he found out that all of them were wrong. And they're still propagating their nonsense today. I mean, it's just like Joseph never even uh, received that vision. I'm telling you that Babylon, which is the foundation of of all these churches, Babylon the Great, Babylon the Great rests upon four pillars doctor craft, lawyer craft, priest craft, and king craft or politician craft. And these four pillars support and sustain Babylon and uh, God is going to destroy you if you don't repent because he's been mocked long enough by your nonsense, by your lies, by your perversion of the right way of the Lord. You know, in ancient Israel, if a man perverted the right way of the Lord and was teaching openly the right way of the Lord to be perverted, what did ancient Israel, what were they commanded to do in the law of Moses? Well, they were commanded to stone that person to death. Well, that's what's going on. I mean, routinely, you know. And besides that, you have the Antichrists who are Darwinists. Darwinism is... uh, False, uh, but Antichrist is anyone, anyone who denies the divinity of Christ. Uh, they have taken over the universities, the media, the uh, organs of society that the common man is taught to blindly accept as being valid, you know. And uh, this doctor-craft, lawyer-craft, and priest-craft forth and smash up again. So well, that's what's happened. And the wisdom that God has given me is the most superior wisdom there is. There is none other explanation for our existence that valid. I've been revealed exactly where we came from. Uh, we were transplanted here from an older earth This earth was organized out of materials that already existed, hence the fossil strata in the ground, but we're not descended from them. We have no relationship to them, this fossil strata. And science has totally missed the mark. As, you know, yeah, there's fossils in the ground, but to presume that we're descended from them is another matter altogether, because evolution... Uh, contradicts the second law of thermodynamics and physics. Uh, I take four courses in thermodynamics at the University of Utah studying mechanical engineering. And and I don't mind telling you I was inducted into the Phi Beta Kappa for mechanical engineers called Tau Beta Pi. I have the placard on my wall right now uh, for a high grade point. And I studied mathematics to a very high degree, and in the Revelations of Jesus Christ, section 14, is a mathematical probability analysis of evolution using Carl Sagan's figures out of Cosmos, a book he wrote, which is much touted recently. And in the days of Carl Sagan, he's dead now. Uh, As to the uh, number of stars, that exists in the universe. Well, it's pretty easy once you're given that number to prove that evolution's not possible because you can have all the oceans around each star. You put 10 Earths around each star that Carl Sagan says exists, and then you fill each ocean's Earth, uh of each Earth with uh, amino acids instead of water. Then you have, uh, because you calculate the uh, volume of the uh, oceans here, they know the volume approximately, you fill the, the, uh, that cavity with amino acids on, each, on the terrace around each star that Carl Sagan says exists, and you have them all combine every second over 14 billion years into proteins, exactly 100 amino acids long. And the chances of one protein that's 100 amino acids long randomly forming in all that space and time, is 1 over 10 to the 43rd power, which is zero. So, uh, you know, and I've sent this to Michio Kaku, I've sent it to all kinds of uh, scientists, S.B. Leakey Foundation, etc. And they just, <laughs> it's a religion to them, folks. This evolution is religion, and being taught is the, is the only publicly tax-supported religion. In, in the United States it has free reign and uh, the promotion of this uh, dogma uh, has caused Barack Obama to arise you see because you have these antichrists these atheists these these people who are godless a whole godless uh Half of the electorate has uh, pushed Barack Obama over the, you know, the the plurality uh, necessary to be uh, elected president, because the majority of of the voters were were wicked, corrupt, godless, and they elected Barack Obama. Uh, along, it's a, the a, uh, Michael Savage, a radio talk show, he says that. The politics of the left is driven by sexual depravity. Well, mixing with the black craze of Cain is about as sexually deprived as you can get. And also, they are allied with the sodomites, the sodomy. Uh, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed by God. Yeah, that's true. That's a fact. They found molten glass there at the site of Sod- ancient site of Sodom and Gomorrah. Molten glass where the uh, sand was uh, you know coagulated into these uh, pieces of glass you've heard the joke about uh, you know in the early days when the (coughs) the uh, Arab threat of you know Terrorism and so forth was going on uh, I heard one uh, general say well we'll just we'll just turn uh, Mecca into a glass parking lot you know with uh, an atom bomb because an atom bomb go- or hydrogen bomb going off there would would moltenize all that sand and and turn it into glass well that's what happened at Sodom and Gomorrah. And you have these sodomites allied with the uh, liberals. They're all liberals because liberals need to abandon principles in order to raise their head in wickedness, don't they? There there can't be any restraint in a liberal's mind. And they consider themselves free. Yeah, they're free, all right. They're free uh, like a person falling down an elevator shaft thinks he's free until he hits the ground. I don't know if you saw that movie, uh, Dread, is called. Take off from uh, Judge Dread of, uh, what's his name? Not Arnold Schwarzenegger, but Sylvester uh, Stallone. Judge Dread in the first one. Now they have a, another movie, which is even better. This new Dread movie is D-R-E-D-D, I believe, Dread. Well, they have this drug at the time in this movie that if you breathe it, the vapors of it, it would slow down time. It would make it slow, where you know it would seem like it's frozen. You're frozen in time, really. And uh, they would they would hurl people off of uh, huge heights, and they would be falling down after they had inhaled this vapor. And it would take forever for them to hit the ground, you know and uh so uh, hopefully you people will repent because uh, you've provoked the God of Israel, let me tell you with your with your swelling words your your uh boasting uh, your violence your uh wickedness, depravity. Uh, such as was practiced before the flood. Uh, so many things. Uh, the violence in in the United States is incredible. Well, uh, Jim, do you have anything to say? I don't want to talk the whole show. I guess I, I needed to introduce myself, I suppose.
3: Uh, I'm just really moved right now, Art. Uh, I was... Uh, I had the Doctrine and Covenants. I opened it up and, uh, just prior to the show, and there's just a few things in here that okay. uh, to the pages that I turned to. And uh, one of them was uh, Doctrine and Covenants, excuse me, Section 10. And uh, the part of the context uh, at the top of that is... Uh, giving uh verses one through 26 but it states here that Satan stirs up wicked men to to oppose the Lord's work he seeketh to destroy the souls of men and how true that is uh, as as he was stating everything uh, as to that, that fact and that uh, the part that I I turned to uh, prior to that uh, when when we just came on the program was uh, section 3 of the Doctrine and Covenant that the Lord's course is one eternal round and uh, it says here in just the first couple uh, excuse me, verses here the works and the designs and the purposes of God cannot be frustrated neither can they come to naught, For God doth not walk in crooked paths, nor, excuse me, neither doth he turn to the right hand, nor to the left, neither doth he vary from that which he hath said. Therefore his paths are straight, and his course is one eternal round. Remember, remember that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. And how true that is uh, when i i read i read comments uh from the programs uh like on twitter that we're doing and stuff like that the 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 evilness of some of these people and the the things that uh i i try to bring forth uh, in doing uh what I can hear, uh, the the wickedness that uh, I hear come from their mouths as well. Uh, as you were saying, uh, these things that are being brought forth, uh, a noise, uh, up, uh, interrupts. You know the the devil's kingdom. Those those these men. In the world uh, it makes them angry. It takes them uh i think to a another side of uh why they're getting angry is we're disrupting their agenda their uh focus in in life uh whatever that is uh But I was really moved at uh the start of the uh well the whole the whole program for the last hour and ten minutes. Uh and then uh you bringing forth uh you becoming a uh, member of the church and receiving the the priesthood, uh receiving the uh, apostleship, receiving revelation and I myself know these things are true Uh, the spirit has uh, come upon me uh, many times and uh, revealed to me in my bosom that these things are true Uh, as uh, to the revelations that uh, you brought forth uh, that the listeners can read uh in section one, you know that uh, brings forth that uh, if you if you really want to know truth and you you humble yourselves, uh, that this work will will be a a, a delight within yourselves if they'll uh, just do that. And I I'm I know I'm a living witness uh to receiving uh the witness and uh receiving this gladness that comes uh to me when I when I go back and read the revelations of Jesus Christ or if I'm just reading something uh that uh came from uh one of the uh prophets of old or Joseph Smith Brigham Young and how understanding it is that the the lord's work is not frustrated and if you you go about not doing the will of the lord then there is a punishment for that as uh, the church uh brought in the uh African Americans the negro to hold the priesthood there was a, a punishment for that and you you read that uh the priesthood will be taken away, but it wasn't taken away off the earth. Isn't that glorious? To me, that's so wonderful to know that there is a man that we're listening to tonight that holds that priesthood, and he's the Lord's anointed. i moved again here. I'll turn it back over to you, Art. I'm just so... Okay. Uh, glad you're here. and
0: well, I'm glad you're here too. Uh, now here, here it says in uh, the Book of Mormon, which I testify to be true because uh, the evidence that I, I provided for you. Oh my beloved brethren, rem- remember the awfulness in transgressing against the Holy God and also the awfulness of yielding to the enticings of that cunning one. Remember, to be carnally minded is death, and to be spiritually minded is life eternal. O my beloved brethren, give ear to my my words. Remember the greatness of the Holy One of Israel. Do not say that I have spoken hard things against you, for if you do, you will revile against the truth, for I have spoken the words of your Maker. I know that the words of truth are hard against all uncleanness, but the righteous fear them not for they love the truth and are not shaken. O oh, then, my beloved brethren, come unto the Lord, the Holy One. Remember that his paths are righteous. Behold, the way for man is narrow, but lieth in a straight course before him. And the keeper of the gate is the Holy One of Israel, he employeth no servant there. And there is none other way, save it be by the gate, for he cannot be deceived that Lord God is his name. And whoso knocketh to him will he open. And the wise and the learned and they that are rich, or like Bill O'Reilly, I'm afraid, uh, who are puffed up because of their learning and their wisdom and their riches, they they are they whom he despiseth, And say they shall cast these things away, and consider themselves fools before God, and come down in the depths of humility, he will not open unto them, but he will unto the humble, uh, the penitent. Well, you know, Jesus didn't have any success among the rich, did he? Uh, The uh, well-off in society at the time, uh, the Pharisees, Sadducees, you know there was a a cultural hierarchy there you know uh, it was very uh, evident of uh, this class system uh, and therefore it provoked the poor to to envy you know because of that just as it does today and you know this class warfare that that has always gone on is what uh, Stalin took advantage of, right? Uh, you know, class warfare because you have the proletariat, right? And they're going to uh, take over the world, you know, that's the communist revolution which has been pretty well debunked in the latter days here, uh, but I saw this movie, uh, excellent movie with Warren Beatty and, um, Diane Keaton called Reds, R-E-D, R-E-D-S, Reds, and it's uh, very interesting. Uh, you, you see the uh, history unfolding of the uh, communist movement in America, uh, and how they were holding these meetings in their homes, and they were so agileous of, of the Revolution in Russia, you see, which had just occurred, because this was uh, like nineteen. Uh, it was before World War One, actually, when the, when the when the the meetings were being held that Diane Keaton, that character and uh, Warren Beatty character were involved in, and they travel to Russia, you know, and they get caught up in the uh, organizational ramblings that were going on uh the votes were happening the you know uh things that were happening concerning the communist revolution and uh then of course uh it became they were idealistic right well we all we all know what happens to idealistic movements; they become corrupted by politics. You know, there's there's an element always that's going to take over and, um, you know, like Stalin did, and use uh, this as a, a gun, you know, to point at the rest of the world. And that's what Stalin did. And also Mao Zedong did the same thing. Pol Pot, etc. Some of the worst tyrannies you can imagine. But uh, <clears throat> it happens with the Mormons. Now, not, not to such a degree as uh, the communists, but still, the devil is able to pervert things. And you, you become a, essentially a place of the devil because he's able to rule over you by lying to you. Like, Barack Obama is a perfect master of the lie. He can, he can lie without blinking an eye. It just rolls right off his tongue. So easy, he lies, and then he'll he'll forget about all everything he said, and he'll go out and play a game of golf, forget all about it, and not do anything what he promised you see and uh he's doing that with a Ferguson thing now, but uh it's just a a wondrous thing to behold the machinations and the operations of the evil one as he uh perverts and twists, suborns governments uh, as he suborns institutions like the journalist, journalist establishment. It's been totally suborned. Now it's a complete uh, play thing for the devil. Uh, it's a flute that the devil can play any tune he wants on it so that you will be overcome by these myths of darkness and confusion, and you don't know what the truth is. You're tempest-tossed, carried about. You're either left-wing or you're right-wing, and uh, you don't know, essentially, how to cope with these things, because there is no absolute truth, you think. You've been taught that all your life. There's no absolute truth. Well, that's denial of the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Ghost is absolute. And uh Brigham Young actually said that uh, uh, that the hand, the eye, the senses may all be deceived, but the Spirit of God cannot be deceived. And when a man is filled with that Spirit, he knows that, which is beyond the power of any man to controvert. This here, I received a new missed call from Mark. That's Mark's number, I believe. (laughs) Mark is... uh, agitating here. He's not on the switchboard, is he, Jimmy? No, I don't, he's not there, I see. No, he's so, not. Uh, you have this class warfare in Jesus' day. You had the uh, elite, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and they were the uh, ruling class. And then you had the pumpkins and the sinners and the prostitutes and, and that kind of crowd who were trodden down, who were humble. And uh, I've read this before, but I think I should read it again. It's uh, the discourse by Alma on this. Uh, There was a prophet named Alma in America who uh, talked about this. And uh, let's see. I, I better use this other program that's much faster, I found. So if I type in here in the search field, It's Alma 32, but it's faster to get to it here. Let's see. Uh, Some of the keywords in the Alma 32 is um, compare, word, seed. And then if I hit enter, bam, there it is. Now here's Alma talking about the humble who'd been cast out in his day. This uh, is about 500 B.C., and uh, here it says, uh, he says, Now as I said concerning faith, that it was not a perfect knowledge, even so it is with my words, you cannot know of their surety at first of perfection, any more than faith is a perfect knowledge. Behold, if you awake and arouse your faculties even to an experiment upon my words and exercise a particle of faith, yet yeah, even if you can know more than desire to believe. You see, that's all you have to do is just desire to believe. Because uh, Jesus asked the, the uh, cripple at the, who was lame from birth, who always squatted in the dust at the door of the synagogue begging for alms and Jesus uh, came to him and I think he was blind yeah that was it he was blind from birth up, and he could hear Jesus' voice and Jesus asked him uh do you believe uh I can't remember exactly how it goes. Let's find that and read it. uh let's see, let's search fill again, so he uttered this phrase that is so moving uh to me anyway uh. Well, here Jesus says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. This is Mark nine twenty four. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. And so Alma is saying that if you can no more than desire to believe, unbelief is... is uh, Jesus went back to his hometown of Nazareth. He couldn't do any many miracles there because of the unbelief. Because they knew him when he was a little kid, you know, playing in the dirt, you know, when he was four years old. And they... <laughs> he... Uh, he'd become famous because of the miracles that he did elsewhere. And uh, he couldn't perform any of those miracles there because they knew him when he was a little child. And, you know, it says in the Scriptures that uh, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. A prophet is not without honor except in his own country. And Jesus was in his own country of Nazareth and the custom was, and he attended the synagogue on Saturday, and uh, the custom was uh, he was chosen to read Scripture from Isaiah. So he's standing up in front of the congregation, and he has the scrolls there, the the uh, prophets, and he reads the passage from Isaiah, a prophecy of the Messiah. And the custom was that after you finished reading the actual scripture, you would sit down on a provided chair there uh, on the dais above the uh, congregation and expound that scripture that you just read. So Jesus read this pro- <laughs> prophecy of the Messiah there, and he said, I believe it's Isaiah 29, and he, he sat down and he said, uh, this day, this prophecy is fulfilled in your ears. Now, that's a very old thing to say, uh, you know, to people who knew you when you were growing up as a little kid, right? And there's this one old man in the back and he said, Is this not Joseph's son? Because he was claiming to be the Messiah, right? And well, the Messiah is the son of God, right? Well, this old man was sitting in the back and says, well, this is Joseph's son, not, not an immortal being, you know. And so the people became so angry that they tried to throw him over a cliff, it says. Uh, let see if I can find that. Uh, prophecy fulfilled years maybe that'll find it <sighs> one pound Uh, Here it says, he's reading from the scroll, right? And and he's reading from the book, the prophet Isaiah. That's the Greek uh, word for Isaiah, because the New Testament was written in Greek. Uh, Now, it says here, he came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up move this thing out of the way. And, as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. There was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering sight of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Now, the account that I've rendered to you this very night is the of the account of him healing this blind man on the, at the door of the tabernacle, and deliverance to the captives are the spirits they preached to while his body was in the tomb for three days. Spirit went and preached to the spirits that were in prison, who were sometimes disobedient in the days of Noah, where the ark was preparing, it says in Peter. So when, when Isaiah says, he's reading this, Jesus, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. That's these publicans, these sinners that he had success with. He has sent me me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, so that at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say to them, This day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears all bear witness, him witness, and wondered at the gracious words which had proceeded out of his mouth. And he said, Is this not, is this, is not this Joseph's son? And he said unto them, because they understood that he was saying, if it's fulfilled in your ears, that the Messiah was there speaking to them. Because they understood the Jewish uh, scholars understood that uh, this prophecy was a prophecy of Messiah here in Isaiah and he said, he Jesus said unto them you will surely say unto me this proverb physician heal thyself whatsoever we have heard done in Capernaum do also here in thy country and he said, finally I say unto you no prophet is accepted in his own country isn't that what I said? I said, I quoted it a little different, differently as it's held elsewhere in the scriptures, that a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. Well, here Jesus is saying, Verily I say unto you, no prophet is accepted in his own country, but I tell you of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elias, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, when the great famine was throughout all the land, but none of them were, was Elias sent, saving to Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto whom a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Eliseus the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman the Syrian. He's rehearsing the former prophets and their deeds. But he passing through the middle uh, here. Well, I'm, I'm, lost my place. And all they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath. Just as my home teacher was when I presented these two revelations I'd received. Filled with wrath. Because the devil rages in the hearts of the children of men to stir them up to anger against that which is good. And that's what happened here. And All they they in the synagogue, this is his hometown, Nazareth. Can you imagine? (laughs) All they in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath and rose up, thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of of the hill whereon the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way because he was delivered, you know. Like when that angel threw that green beret on his back. Uh God is able to do these things. And Bill O'Reilly, in his book Killing Jesus, that's a blasphemous title anyway, but uh in his book he, he discounts uh, the miracles. He didn't include them in his book Killing Jesus because That's beyond the ken of a a a pinhead like he is, you know, a knothead, because Joseph Smith called them stony Gentiles. Uh, I like to think of it as knots, like in your pine uh, trunk of a tree. uh, A pine, you know, uh, oak tree has knots in the wood, right? And they're beautiful when you make a table out of them, I suppose. These knots, but when they're in the middle of your head, your brain, uh, you're kind of stony. You can't the Holy Ghost can't penetrate, penetrate, because you're too lifted up in pride, too lifted up in your riches and, and self-satisfied. That's that's you know this antichrist who wrote that book. Well, uh, Jesus was delivered by a miracle. It says here rose up, thrust him out of the city, led him to the unto the brow of the hill whereon their city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. But he passing through the midst of them went his way because God is able to do these things. And it came down and came down to Capernaum a city of Galilee and taught them on the Sabbath day. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. And in the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace, and come out of him. And when the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him and heard not. And they were all amazed. That's a mighty miracle in Capernaum, which was not his hometown. He couldn't do any mighty miracle in Nazareth because a prophet is not without honor except in his own, own country, you know. Isn't that amazing? How consistent it is fame of him went out into every place of the country round about and he arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house and he rebuked the fever and it left her and immediately she rose and ministered unto them now when the sun was setting uh, all they that had any sick with diverse di- diseases brought them unto him and he laid his hands on them that's how you do it too you lay your hands on them, on their head usually, and anoint with olive oil, and you seal the anointing, and I've cast devils out. I saw the devils come out of Shirley Dowdy. I saw them come out. She asked me to to cast them out. She was a former prostitute from Atlanta, Georgia. I don't mind telling you and, I'm sure she doesn't mind either. It's so long ago now. I don't even know if she's still alive now, but uh, I saw the devils come out. I saw them come out of her. About a hundred of them came out. Well, that's a mighty miracle. And Jesus did those things in Curnium, but he was not able to do it, do them, in his own hometown. So that. These things are denied by Bill O'Reilly, all Antichrist deny the Holy Ghost, don't they? They say there is no Holy Ghost. There is no miracles, but uh, the Book of Mormon says this concerning that let's see if I can find that it's in uh Moroni seven I think let's see. How you quotation marks. 2D <sighs> de5 is a good place to start on this. you voice message that uh, Mark and <laughs> Jimmy Mark is uh, bouncing off the walls somewhere in a probably in a mental institution. Who
3: knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, well. I won't ask you the number. uh if it's a NATO one three six zero something like that. I uh, I'm it's not net sure. talk uh, talk.
0: I'd have to open oh. it up. and See uh, where it came. Okay.
3: it's a message. It's actually message
0: uh, of some type. Now, uh, this is the Book of Mormon, and Joseph Smith is uh, translating the Book of Mormon as he's reading this for the first time. Can you imagine? He's looking through the Urm and Thummim, and he's, he's translating the gold plates, and here's this uh, instruction, him, in the Book of Mormon from an ancient prophet named Nephi. Then the Lord God shall say unto him, the learned shall not read them, for they have rejected them. See, the learned, they'll always reject, uh, I've noticed, by right, anything of Josephus, for instance, in, the, in Josephus, uh, he testifies of Jesus Christ in there you know it's pretty amazing Uh, you know Josephus is is a prime source for historic historians you know what they say about that passage of Josephus they say the scholars that that was inserted by somebody you see you see how wicked they are now here it says I'll uh, <clears throat> then shall the Lord God say unto him, The learned shall not read them, for they have rejected them. Because uh, when Joseph had translated the first 110 pages of the Book of Mormon, he wrote down some of the characters. They were uh, called Reformed Egyptian, uh, and they were kind of hi- like hieroglyphics. And he, he he copied some of these characters down, from the gold plates on a uh, slip of paper and asked Martin Harris to take them to the University of Chicago. There was a professor there named Charles Anthon of uh, ancient languages or something there at the time. And He uh, had the translation underneath the, uh, with it, you know, both the characters themselves and and the translation of it. And Charles, I mean, uh, Martin Harris took him to Charles Anthon and showed him this piece of paper. And he he declared the uh, translation to be correct. And it turns out this is all in Isaiah 29, word for word. Exactly what transpired here is is in Isaiah 29 and the Book of Mormon here. Uh, Now, part of the – now, here it says – this is actually quoting Isaiah right here from the Book of Mormon. Wherefore, the Lord God will proceed to bring forth the words of the book, and in the mouth of as many witnesses as seemeth him, will he establish his word. And it turns out there were three witnesses to the Book of Mormon who actually saw with their own eyes an angel of the Lord standing in front of them, holding the gold plates and turning the leaves one by one, and they all died with that testimony on their lips, never denying. It. Uh, Martin, uh, I mean uh, Oliver Cowdery, for instance, was a lawyer. He he left the church, had an argument with Brigham Young or something, left the church. One of the, those three witnesses. He, he was a lawyer in uh, Chicago, and they made fun of him in the court. The opposing side, uh, the attorney, uh, mocked him for saying, "Your Honor, th- this man claims to have seen an angel. We can't trust anything he says in this court." You know, and so uh, Oliver closes the law books at the table he was sitting at. And he stands up and he sa- he gave a testimony of the truthfulness of that. Occurrence and it was most eloquent. I, I, I wish I had time to look it up. But uh, the other witnesses, uh, Martin Harris, uh, returned to the church. He left the church also, but then returned. And I had the privilege of uh, actually uh, visiting his gravesite in uh, uh, Logan, Utah, Manti no let I mean let me be accurate it's in Kish valley here, Logan Utah and it's a it's a obelisk that's uh, erected there in memoriam to uh Martin Harris and he's buried there, but he died in the church and uh David Whitmer also uh never denied his testimony and he left the church also so uh Here, one of them, uh, Martin Harris, was commanded uh, by the Lord to take the letters and the translation. Now, here's what it says in Isaiah. But behold, it shall come to pass, the Lord God will say unto him, to whom he shall deliver the book, take these words which are not sealed because part of the gold plates were sealed. That even Joseph Smith was not allowed to, to touch them. They were sealed. There was uh, evidently some kind of a seal there, you know, mechanical uh lock on them, or steel. And uh so it says here take these words which are not sealed and deliver them to another that he may show them unto the learned. That's uh Professor Anthony, Charles Anthony at the University of Chicago, that he may show them to the learned, saying, read this, I pray thee, and the learned shall say, bring hither the book, because Charles Anthon read the uh, translation and he declared it to be correct. And he said, bring me the book and I'll translate the rest of it. And Martin Tanner, uh, not Martin Tanner, Martin Martin Harris said, uh, I cannot, for the book is sealed. There was a portion of the gold plate that it was sealed, not to be allowed to be, even be seen by any, or, you know, handled, by, much less handled by anybody. And so he says, now here, this is in Isaiah 29. Uh, read this, I pray thee, and learn it. Say, bring hither the book, and I will read it, <clears throat> because that's what Professor Anthony said. And now, because of the glory of the world, that's what Bill O'Reilly is so infatuated with, the glory of the world. You know, And because of the glory of the world, and to get gain, they will say this, and not for the glory of God. And the man shall, shall say, I cannot bring the book, for it is sealed. This is Martin Harris responding with that exact statement to Charles Anthony. Then the learned, Charles Lanthan, shall say, I cannot read it. where it shall come to pass, the Lord will deliver again the book and the words thereof him that is not learned. It's Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith had a third-grade education. He couldn't even spell or write. He had to have a scribe write down the words that he uh, obtained through the Urim and Thummim. And there was a curtain drawn uh, in between Oliver Cowdery who was a school teacher a traveling school teacher in the neighborhood who, who was boarding at the house and he became involved with the translation because he was the scribe he would write down uh, the words as Joseph Smith read them from the Urim and Thumm. but I thought you said he couldn't read well, it, it was a the spirit that was giving him the words through through the Urim and Thummim. Uh, just as the Spirit gives me words, same kind of process. Uh, then the Lord God shall say unto him uh, well verse nineteen, Wherefore it shall come pass the Lord God will deliver up again the book and the words that are To him that is not learned, that's Joseph Smith, third grade education. And the man that is not learned shall say, I am not learned." learned. Then shall the Lord God say unto him, The learned shall not read them, for they have rejected them. And I am able to do mine own work. Wherefore thou shalt read the words which I have given unto thee. Touch not the things which are sealed, For I will bring them forth in mine own due time. You see, it's a promise that the sealed portion will be delivered as soon as the people repent and come out of Babylon. Then the the promise is that the sealed portion would be delivered to a prophet to be translated. And uh, at that time, and that time has not happened yet, But what is in the sealed portion? Well, let me read to you what another prophet said about it, who did read it. Uh, So I'll do a search again here. It's in the Book of Ether, I remember that. Or maybe it's Moroni. twenty seven occurrences, so I've got to scroll down here. Ethan. This is uh, I believe either Moroni or his father Mormon here. <clears throat> now listen to this <clears throat> and thou hast made us that we could write but little because of the awkwardness of our hands. Behold, thou hast not made us mighty in writing like unto the brother of Jared. This is the family that was uh, not; whose language was not confounded at the Tower of Babel back uh, in the days of Nimrod, built the Tower of Babel. You think all this is mythology. I'm telling you, it is not. Behold, thou hast not made us mighty in writing like unto the brother of Jared, for thou madest him That the things which he wrote were mighty, even as thou art, unto the overpowering of man to read them. So here Moroni is saying that the words in the seal portion were so incredibly mighty, even as thou art, he said, overpower a man to read them. He would just pass out on the ground reading because they were so powerful. So that's what's in the sealed portion. And the translation of the sealed portion would convert the world because uh, the knowledge of God will become as deep as the oceans that cover the earth, it says where every man will know the Lord and will not need somebody like me to stir them up to repentance because every man will know at that point because it will be read from the housetops it says so it's the sealed portion that will bring about the millennium what's called the millennium because it will convert it's irresistible when it will convert uh, uh, brought forth Uh, So it says, Moroni says here, Thou hast made our words powerful and great. Now, that happened to me, uh, and I'm not boasting about these things, I'm just relating history to you. When an angel was sent to me, the circumstances caused me to get in trouble with the stake in Provo. We had to move. We rejected from BYU because I baptized this person who was a stranger traveling on the earth, stranger unawares, whatever. And we moved out to uh, Salt Lake and attended the uh, Canyon Rim War of the, up on 33rd South and 33rd East in Salt Lake. And uh, I had been disfellowshipped from the church at that time. And I confessed all this immediately to Bishop Richardson, who was the Bishop of the Canyon Rim Ward, and he was an architect, and he was one of the noblest individuals I've ever met in my life. I have to tell you that. Now, what he told me was, I want you to stand up in the next fast and testimony meeting, and I want you to tell the people what you have told me because I told him about what happened You know, I was commanded by the Lord to baptize this individual without permission I was told to take him into the uh, Utah Lake there and baptize him myself and I said to myself well I may as well start my own church then <laughs> that's the reading I went through but I couldn't disobey the Lord, so I did. And let me tell you, when I obeyed Bishop Richardson, that first fast and testimony meeting, the Spirit of God filled that room like on the day of Pentecost is described, and it was like a rushing mighty wind inside of that enclosure, that building, such that the people's eyes, I was watching their faces, and their eyes got really, really wide when when I spoke. And I spoke that way for a whole year. Every Fast and Testimony meeting, I would stand up, and exactly the same phenomena would occur. Exactly. (laughs) And so when Moroni says here, Thou hast made our words power, our words, spoken words, not written. Brother Jared's written words were so powerful that a man would be overcome by reading. But here Moroni is saying our spoken words were powerful. Thou hast made our words powerful and great, even that we cannot write them. Wherefore, when we write, we behold our weakness and stumble because of the placing of our words. And I fear lest the Gentiles shall mock at our words. And when I said this, the Lord spake unto me, saying, Fools mock, but they shall mourn, and my grace is sufficient for the meek that they shall take no advantage of your weakness. And if men come unto me, I will show them their weakness. I give unto men weakness that they may be humble and my grace is sufficient for all men that humble themselves before me. For if they humble themselves before me and have faith in me, then I will make weak things become strong unto them. Behold, I will show unto the Gentiles their weakness, and I will show unto them that faith, hope, and charity breath unto me the fountain of all righteousness, and Imron, I, having heard these words, was comforted and said, O Lord, thy righteous will be done. For I know that thou workest unto the children of men according to their faith. For the brother of Jared said, that's this guy that wrote in the sealed portion. The brother of Jared said unto the mountain, zaron remove, and it was removed. And if he had not had faith, it would not have moved. Wherefore, thou workest after men have faith. And faith cometh by, hear, uh, by hearing the word of God. How shall they hear except there be a preacher? And how shall there be a preacher except be sent? And I've been sent. And so it's in the belief that you will gain faith by hearing me speak, so that you will be able to work out your own salvation for the Lord in fear and trembling, like we've all had to do. Even Jesus had to do this in the garden of Gethsemane. So don't think it's too hard just because you have to work salvation out in fear and trembling before the Lord, because that is the sacrifice required of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He resisteth the uh, the proud, uh, God resists the proud, but the humble, He. Uh, if you draw near to him, he will draw near to you, he says. So, we're out of time. I just looked up at the clock was, uh 729, so I better uh, dispense. I think we'll have to dispense with the closing prayer, maybe. Oh, here's uh, somebody here uh, called in. That's,
3: that's Mark. Oh, it is Mark.
0: Okay. Well, he's been banned from the program because he's uh, he's a wicked man, an apostate. And he refuses to repent, and he steals from me. Uh, he listens to this program so that he can borrow from my words, so that he can use them for his own gain, you see. That's how wicked he is. Okay, Jimmy, would you offer the prayer then? I guess we should have the prayer. Would you offer it, please?
3: Yes, I, yes, I will. I. Okay. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom comes, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray, Father, for the redemption of Zion, that it will come forth. We pray that Uh, thy blessings be upon us as we go by our day and week. We're truly grateful, Father, for the discourse that was brought forth tonight. For we know within ourselves, Father, that these things are true, that thy gospel is true. The Book of Mormon and the revelation of Jesus Christ. We know that you are our Father, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. We pray for the humble followers of Christ, Father, and pray that they may come unto thee upon bended knees, that they may know the truth of these things that have been brought forth, that they may request they may repent and request baptism by us, who have the authority of the apostleship. We pray, Father, for our families as well. May they return to their homes in safety, that we that we may recover them as well. We humbly pray, Father, in the name of Thine anointed, our bull of the one mighty and strong. Amen.
0: Amen. Okay. We play Frampton again. He's pretty angelic.
2: Sam's Club te da
1: más para un gran regreso a clases. Ven por lo mejor en tecnología de la marca Apple, como iPad Mini 2 y 12 meses sin intereses, o MacBook Pro y 18 meses sin intereses, con precios únicos de aniversario. Haz cuentas y comprueba que Sam's Club te da más. Consulta términos y condiciones en Club. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?